Welcome, Des Moines. I'm not going to do the whole who are you thing because you've done that, I think, twice already on this podcast. And uh, for folks who want to learn more about you, uh, go back to episode 19 or uh, our entry to last summer episode where we got to know you and a little bit about what you do. But you're here today under different circumstances. At the beginning of this year, you became a full-time employee of Amplify RJ, which is really exciting for me. Also kind of scary is like, oh my gosh, we've got another person on board (laughs) full-time. But uh, very, very excited to have you. Welcome to this restorative justice life. Thank you for having me back. Oh man, it's so good to be back with you. What's interesting now is like we talk almost every day now. And so mm-hmm. like the dynamic of like, oh, good. We've talked <laughs> twice earlier today, um, but um, really excited for a lot of the things that you're going to be doing. As many people know, and if you're learning just now, surprise, um, my wife is having a baby. I'm becoming a father uh, sometime in the next two months. Who knows when that'll be? And so in order to continue to be able to facilitate uh, all the learning that we do, uh, we needed more help. And so Des Moines is going to be doing that. So if you, your school, your organization um, are looking for restorative justice education uh in your classrooms, for your staff, uh, in the workplace, to push beyond diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Um, we're still your folks to do that. Uh, just Des Moines might be the person who is out in the world facilitating those things. They've already been out uh, in San Francisco. They've got some things in Texas going on coming up soon. So uh, very excited to have them. But today, we're here to talk about work that Des Moines has already been doing within the Amplify RJ community. As some of you know, Des Moines has been a part of the community almost from the beginning. And one of the things that they started to do, uh, along with Stephanie Sorantos, who's also a previous podcast guests, they host this space called Imagining Abolition, which is the second and fourth Wednesdays of every month from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time. And then you can translate that to whatever time zone you're in, where folks gather uh, to talk about uh, abolitionist ideas in youth-centered spaces. Um, They've been holding that space, and that space is open. We'll continue to have those things linked in the show notes as a part of our future Ancestors Collective. But uh, one of the things that they also did uh, and have been doing in the Amplifier J community is facilitating workshops around abolition and abolitionist ideas for folks who are just now starting to get the grasp of those things. When the racial reckoning, quote unquote, of 2020 happened, you know, the words abolish the police uh, or abolish prisons um, started to gain more traction. And, you know, Des Moines has been a student of abolition for a long time. And so uh, they took it upon themselves to help educate our community. Last year, uh, during Black History Month, they ran a workshop uh, on the history of Black abolition movements, uh, kind of detailing the movements from chattel slavery through the new Jim Crow. This year, they're expanding on all of that. And so, Des Moines, uh, tell us a little bit about what is happening this February. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, so this year, I thought it was really important to move beyond just um, increasing people's awareness of different Black abolitionists like figures um, and taking a deeper look at um, Black abolitionist politics and actions. So like the theory Um, the political history of Black abolitionists, um, still looking from chattel slavery, moving into like prison slavery, convict leasing, the prison rebellion years of 1968 to 1972, and then moving up into like present time, 
dealing with the mass incarceration of Black folks. Um, so we're thinking deeply about um, what was sort of the political theory um, and action developing over these different phases of abolition. Um, how have Black abolitionists um, refined their own analysis of these institutions and systems, and how have they offered us an opportunity to uh, refine our analysis and be like more keenly aware of just how much these technologies of anti-Black violence and anti-Black terrorism shift and transform over time um, and how um, people have historically adapted to those, those shifting technologies. Yeah, and that's looked a lot of different ways over what has been almost 200 years, right? You were covering a long period of time um, from the end of chattel slavery and, you know, the movements of abolition leading up to that uh, to now. And so we are still exploring some of the folks who were uh, vital to those movements, but really digging into how that applies to uh, the politics and uh, actions that we can take today to build a liberated future for, for all Black people. Yeah, definitely. What's been really interesting as I have uh, like deepened my research even more um, has been just how keenly aware Black abolitionists have been of the possibility for Black violence and what Mariam Kaba calls these death-making institutions, their ability to transform. Um, and Black abolitionists have been, had like foresight about these things. So being able to connect the lines in their, their thinking over these different movements has been really interesting, eye-opening. Um, and I think it's important, even as we look forward to like, what does the next 20 years of abolitionist organizing and action look like? And how do we avoid um, certain pitfalls? Um, so there will be also opportunity not just to learn by ourselves, but also learn and think in community about how we can apply the theory, um, the political history of Black abolitionists to uh, forward movement. Yeah, as we were talking about what happened last year, the way that we facilitated these workshops, we were like, hey, we're just trying to cram as much information as we can into these two hours. And we've changed the format up a little bit. Oh, why don't you tell people um, how things are different this year? Yeah, so I'm really excited because this year the workshop is formatted in a way that we have asynchronous learning, right? An asynchronous lesson on each different topic that we're uh, covering. And then on each Saturday of uh, February, starting on the first Saturday, February 5th, we're going to be coming together for about an hour to discuss with others who are doing this learning, um, deepening our understanding in community. Um, and again, refining and deepening our analysis. So it will allow us to spend more time when we're together to actually talk to other people um, about the things that we, we've learned about in the videos. Yeah, one of the things that I've grown to dislike a lot about online facilitation is just the parts of it when um, I just talk at people and lecture. And we really want to make sure that when folks are coming in to amplify RJ space, it's, it's, it, it is as interactive as possible. And so uh, those pre-learning uh, videos are already up uh, for 
week one. Uh, you can already engage with those. The ones for week two will be able to be accessed starting Sunday, right? The day mm. after the session is uh, the day after the uh, previous session. So you can you have a full week to uh, go through that learning. The lessons are about half hour, 40 yeah. minutes. Um, and then we've got a full hour of discussion and activity together, uh, imagining the world that uh, we want to build this liberated world for black people and all people. Um, nobody's free until we are all free. You've been able to do a lot more and dig deeply into this work because this is now your full-time thing. Mm -hmm. What is something that you've learned that has stood out to you or surprised you? Hmm. Um, I think something that... Um, has stood out to me um, and that I'm really excited to talk about is the history of um, the nation of Islam and their, uh, their impact, their influence on um, the prison movement um, as members of the nation of Islam, which is uh, a sect, an uh, Islamic sect headed by Elijah Muhammad and probably most famously um, produced Malcolm X. Um, but it is a uh, religious a religious sect, um, was a religious, or it still is a religious sect, but during the 1950s and 60s, um, imprisoned members of the Nation of Islam really advocated for their own religious rights, and in doing so, really changed the, the landscape of prison advocacy, both on behalf of uh, imprisoned folks, incarcerated folks, and um, the agency of imprisoned folks to advocate for themselves. So really interesting history that I'm, I'm excited to discuss with people. And that's going to be uh, in week two, I believe. Yes. But there are so many different things that we're going to be discussing. It's kind of going chronologically. Uh, February 5, we're talking about the struggle for the abolition of chattel slavery. February 12, we're talking about black liberation, state repression, and the anti-prison movement. February 19 is the abolition of police and prisons today. And on the 26th, it's not so much of a learning session. It's a much more of a collaborative visioning uh, time together. Um, you know, we've said a lot about what this time and space is. If you were to speak to the person who's listening right now, how would you invite them into this crucial work? This is a history that is not often taught, um, if ever, in schools. It is a history that is crucial in understanding not just the technologies of carcerality, of prisons, but also to, to understanding like what liberation can look like um, and what is going to be necessary for truly liberated futures. So that would be part of my invitation that in order to truly envision a liberated future for Black folks, and as you said, all people, this is crucial history. Well, you heard it, folks. Uh, February 5, 12, 19, 26, 9 a.m. Pacific time uh, for an hour, we'll be meeting uh, based off of the readings that are optional, but also the video lessons that Des Moines put together. It's going to be a really wonderful time of learning, a really wonderful time of community. Um, link to sign up is in the show notes of this episode, uh, but you can go to tiny.cc slash abolition, all lowercase, um, to sign up. Uh, any last words for the people, Des Moines? Uh, no, I just hope to get to learn alongside you, deepen our understanding. Um, I'm a nerd about all of these things. And so I invite you to come nerd out with me and think about 
how we can actually bring about abolitionist futures. What does an abolitionist future look like for you? Abolitionist future for me looks like, um, it looks like feeling truly safe and having true safety. Um, it looks like being able to drive. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like so, so many different things. That's a, that's a hard question. And we'll be discussing that on, on the 26th in our Imagining Futures, but also throughout the whole time. Thank you so much, Des Moines. Uh, hope to see y'all there. Thank you for the opportunity. Bye.